I believe I found a verse that covers the purpose and the priority of Jesus. And it's not just His purpose and His priority. I see it as His passion. And it's found here in the, in the book of Luke chapter 19. This morning I want us to read um, verses 1 through 10. And I want you to join me. On, and I know we have different translations. If you have something different than the original King James translation, you read real soft. Real soft. You people bold and proud with the old translation, you read loud with me. Can you do it? All right, here we go. We're going to responsibly read verses 1 through 10. Join me on the even verses. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho together. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before, climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Now before we read verse 10, I want you to slowly, I want you to think about every word because I believe this covers the priority of Jesus, which is my title for this morning. Let's read it together. Verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Can we read that one more time? For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. May God add His blessing to the reading of His Word and the words of Jesus. Father, this morning... We are so glad it's your day. and We get to be together. We bless you for the early hour, and for your word, and, and for the sweet time we got to spend with our folks in the breakfast with the pastors this morning. People that are coming into this fellowship are considering it. And God, this morning we would ask that the same spirit that we felt in the worship would be sensed as we open your word and preach and teach. Lord, if this is your priority as I believe it is, would you allow your spirit to seal this truth to our hearts and set us on fire to tell our story of how you came and, ch and changed us and saved us and gave us hope. In Jesus' name, amen. In chapter 19, this story, everybody, there's not a person in this room that probably hadn't already heard that story or sung that little song. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. As a matter of fact, I was reading uh, Dr. Hughes, not our Dr. Hughes, but another Dr. Hughes on this text, and here's what he said. He said, if I was casting uh, for this to make it a Hollywood movie, this story, 
I know who I would cast in the role of uh, Zacchaeus. Danny DeVito. <laughs> when I said that in the early service, your son Dylan laughed out loud. Because you kind of imagine him being small of stature and those little squinty eyes could well have, he might could have fit in that role. But I looked at this really carefully and I just want to walk through the text before asking three questions this morning that I believe God's going to use in my life and in your life. Jesus was entering and his plan was just to pass through Jericho, but of course he knew he had some work on the way. The Bible says there was a man named Zacchaeus, and I missed the little word chief. He was chief among the publicans. This man was not just a tax collector. Uh, he was the head of the cartel, if you really want to look at it close. He would have been the guy that would have overseen the other thieves that were guilty of extortion of the people. He was a kingpin in all of this. And because of that, he had become very rich. But his riches couldn't buy him some things. His riches could not buy him friends. He didn't come with anybody that day to see Jesus. He, he alone came because he heard that Jesus was coming that way. Now, I've tried to meditate on why in the world would a man who has so much want to come to a, uh, and stand in a place to watch Jesus pass by? That's not my experience right now. Is it yours? Do all, all your friends that are lost, are they running to you to say, please tell me about Jesus? Or, or is it happening this way with you like it is me? When you try to talk to them about what Jesus has done in your life, they change the subject. Or they want to go the other way. In this situation, here's a man that the Bible says, uh, in fact, the chapter before, Jesus is dealing with a rich young ruler. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man. You know what? I think we're there right now. You say, well, we're not rich. Oh, yes, you are. If you have a combined household income of $30,000, you're in the top 1% of the world's wealth. And in this country... Most of us fall into that category. And maybe that's why people aren't coming to faith in Jesus. You ought to have heard the stories in the breakfast with the pastors. Pastor Cameron and I listened as they told all of their stories of how they came here. And most of them, the churches are in decline or, or not offering anything as far as faith with the children. They're not moving forward in faith. And so they're coming for those reasons. You know what? I miss hearing and I long to hear and I believe we will hear one day. When the, when the Lord starts saving people and we get under the burden to, to win the lost and, and to be a witness, if somebody say, I'll tell you how come I'm here because I was a lost sinner and I got saved by God's grace last week and I'm here because I want to become a part of this fellowship. My desire is to hear people giving those stories, testimonies again of their conversion. But for some reason or another, something happened. And he came because he heard Jesus was coming that way. And I've been meditating on it, and I, I wouldn't say this categorically as a fact. But Pastor, I got to thinking about his vocation. He's a tax collector. He's a publican. He's a hated man. If you watch the little series, The Chosen, you watched how they treated um, Matthew in that. And of course, we don't get our theology from, from a, a movie or a book. You know, we get it from the Bible. But I wonder if Maybe Matthew, formerly Levi, could have had an influence on him. Do you think possibly 
How else would he have heard Jesus was coming that way? What would have given him an interest to think that this man was any different than any other man? Maybe they had seen a change in the life of Levi, who's now Matthew, who's following Jesus. I don't know. I'm just wondering that. I'm also thinking, here he wants to see him so bad, and he can't see because he's kind of short. He would climb up that tree and get out on that limb. They tell me these kind of trees are very good climbing trees. He would get out on that limb so he could see Jesus. I don't know. That's a possibility. But for some reason, he realized something was missing. Here's a broken man. Can I ask you a question? Do you remember when you were broken? Do you remember when you were alone? Maybe this morning you found your way into this service. And here's what the truth is. Young people, are you listening? Here's what the truth is. The truth is, you need Jesus Christ. The truth is, you're not going to find what you're looking for, the peace you're looking for. You're not going to find it in the bottle. You're not going to find it in the billfold. You're not going to find it in a bigger house or a car. That longing, that deep hole that is in your heart can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. He went to the cross and shed His blood to give you hope. That's the message of the gospel. That's the message of this church. And and something down inside of of Zacchaeus was needing that. He was longing for something different. So he's up that tree. I don't know what he expected, but I do remember as a young man I don't know if I was a child or a preteen or a teenager. But I heard somebody say this one time, and I still remembered it, as to what Zacchaeus was feeling and thinking, more than likely, when Jesus came through town. All these people, you think this is a lot of people. This is nothing to be compared with how many people were there as Jesus came through town. As Jesus walked by, you remember in the text, he looks up. Number one, the man said when I was a boy, and I've never forgot this, Zacchaeus thought, he sees me. You ever felt like you were almost invisible? And nobody really sees you? You ever seen anybody a different way after you're with them for a little while? There's a man sitting in this room I spent some time with not long ago. I don't know how I saw him before. I, I didn't spend much time with him, so I didn't see him other than just when I heard his story, his multiple deployments, and his, I see him as a hero now. Zacchaeus, anybody ever looked at him looked away or had something sharp to say? He was a hated man. Here's what he recognized that day. Jesus is standing there and he's looking straight at me. Can I tell you something this morning? You might be in the worst valley you've ever been. You may be lost as anybody ever has been, or you could be saved and discouraged and full of anxiety and stress. But I want you to know something. This morning, he not only saw Zacchaeus, he sees you. He sees you right now. He sees me. And then the Lord does something amazing. He just, has Hiddy and Zacchaeus ever met? There's no record of that in the Scriptures. He just looks up and calls his name. Now, I liken this to... to, uh, Somebody famous. 
I don't even know who I would point to that being that person. But somebody famous just walking up to me and saying, hey, Tom Wagner. Well, number one, I'd wonder. But listen, the Son of God looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus is thinking, he sees me. He knows me. Can I tell you something about Jesus this morning? He not only sees you, right where you are, feeling everything you're feeling. If your mind's a million miles away, He knows that. He sees you. He knows you. He knows you intimately. He knew you when you were a twinkle in your father's eye. He's known every detail of your life. He knows the end of the story. He sees me, Zacchaeus says, and we're seeing. He knows me. And then he says something to him. Listen to what he said. Zacchaeus, make haste. Hurry up. Come down here. He sees me. He knows me. He wants me. I'm going to your house. Jesus didn't go home with nobody else. He sees me. He knows me. He wants me. And after he went home with him, and old Zacchaeus met Jesus, guess what else he learned? He loves me. He sees me. He knows me. He wants me. He loves me. A miracle happened that day at the house of Zacchaeus. I tell you, you say, how do you know he got saved? Well, I, I know because of what he did. The Bible says it. He, he says he stands up, says it real loud where everybody can hear it. He said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. I've never done that. I've never seen anybody do that. Somebody gets saved and say, Okay, here's half of everything I have. I told Terry in the early service, Honey, we're going to sell. We've got two cars. We're going to sell one of them. It's going to be yours. It's not going to be mine. I'm not getting rid of my truck or carpet will sell that and give it away not only that we're going to the bank find out what's in there we're going to take half of it gone we're going to give it to the poor we're going to call Beacon give it to Amos the family use this for me but he didn't stop there did you see what else he did he said if I have defrauded people which he had extorted people I'm going to give them back four times what I've taken so let me tell you what happened. He went from being one of the richest, if not the richest man in that town, to the poorest. All because of what Jesus Christ had done. You see, Jesus is unique. I might see you with these eyes, but I can't see your sin. Jesus saw his sin, and he still loved him. Is anybody glad of that this morning? Well, I'm glad when he saw me and saved me, he saw me in a mess I was in, in the sin. He sees my sin now. And he still loves me. Thank God for his grace and his shed blood on the cross. Let me give you my three questions. After listening to the message from last Sunday, I really believe the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart about this. So I want to share it with you. I probably shared this 15 years ago. I don't know exactly because I don't keep a file. But I remember sharing it. I'm going to ask three questions. Question number one. Is there really a heaven? Is there really a heaven? Hey, look, 
is, are the saints, the Old Testament saints, really there? I mean, is there really a heaven? Is there a new Jerusalem? He's preparing a city that will come out of heaven, come down for the saints. Are we going to live there? Is it really 1,500 miles high and 1,500 miles wide and 1,500 miles long? I mean, is there going to be a city like that? The Bible says yes. Are we really going to have a supper? The marriage supper of the Lamb? Is He really going to gird Himself in service? Is God Almighty seated on the throne there right now? Is the Son of God, Jesus Christ, at His right hand? Are there really streets of gold and gates of pearl, mansions bright? Will the Lamb really lay down with the lion? Is, is heaven, hey, your loved ones? Is Phil Denton seated at his feet right now? Sherry says yes. I say yes. Miss Tart, Renee Hickman went to heaven this week. Are they really in heaven? Are your loved ones really in heaven? Are we just talking about this stuff? Is your mom and daddy in heaven? Are they there right now? My stepfather used to sit about part of the way back on the aisle here until he went to heaven, 2010, 91 years old. Is he really worshiping God in heaven? I mean, listen to me. Are, are they really there? Is it really that awesome? Are there really no more tears and sorrows and pain and struggle anymore? No more pain? Is there really a heaven? Is a day with the Lord a thousand years and a thousand years as a day over there really? Is there no light in heaven because the Lamb of God, Jesus, is the light of that city? I'm just wondering, will we really know each other over there? Yes. The Bible says we will. Will we get to serve Him with our gifts and talents? Is it really forever? By the way, I can't talk about it much because the half has not been told. I don't know all the awesomeness of it. But is there really a heaven? Question number two. Is there really a hell? Is it really in the heart of the earth? Is there really literal fire in the torments of hell? Luke 16 says there is. Is the rich man from that text really in hell? Is Hitler there? Child molesters? How about moral people that didn't come to faith in Jesus Christ? Are they in hell now if they rejected or neglected the gospel? This is a hard one, I'll say it quick. But are your loved ones who died without Jesus in hell right now? Is there really the worm dying not and the fire not quenched? Will there really be gnashing of teeth there? Do people have memories there? According to Luke 16, they do. Remembering. Will they be anxious and full of anxiety the rest of their lives because they, they heard the gospel and they turned away instead of turning to Jesus? Is there really a hell and is it really forever? Is there really a heaven? Is there really a hell? Question number three. If there's really a heaven, 
And there is. And there really is a hell. And according to God's word, and he don't lie, there really is. Then question number three, what else really matters? What else really matters? Is what you accumulate in your money what really matters? You know what Zacchaeus said? No to that. He had found something better. Your power, your control, your position in life, does that really matter? You can attain... You, they tell me in, from 2019 to 21, the largest number of CEOs resign their positions. It doesn't matter. What about, what about your pleasure? Pastor, I, I'm, I'd like to help with that, that ministry. They were sharing over there, but I can't, I've got. And that's when we, we go, that's one of the trips we take because, you know, we, we are, we have multiple ones. It's, it's become so important to us. It's become a priority. Not the priority of Jesus, but it's the priority. Our comfort, I need to build a bigger house because the one I've got has not got but 14 closets in it and I need more because I've got some, my wife's clothes, is, some of them are in my closet and I, can I tell you, we are chasing everything that lost people are chasing. And if there's really a heaven, and if there's really a hell, nothing else really matters. We see God's purpose. We see Jesus' purpose, priority, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know what His priority was? Your neighbor. You say, what am I going to do about it? Have you prayed for them? Have you took a little pan of cookies over there? Build a little relationship? Have you ever told them what Jesus did for you? I know some of your testimonies and they're pretty powerful. Your stories, I told George at your mama's funeral. Y'all got some stories, boys. Ladies and girls. Young men, you got some great stories, but they won't do anybody any good unless you tell them. Tell your story. You say, well, mine's not too dramatic. I got saved when I was young. Tell that too. You know what somebody's story ought to be? I went to church in February, early February 2022, and the choir got up and sung, and I felt the presence of the Lord. And the preacher didn't preach much that morning. He just asked three questions. And when he gave the invitation for people to come to Jesus, I said, I've waited long enough and I got a second birthday now. I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ that day and I'm saved by the grace of God. That could be your story and you could tell it. Let me tell you what happens next. I'm closing. After Jesus uh, said in his own words what his purpose was, his priority, his passion, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm looking for him, just like I was looking for Lazarus. I'm saving people everywhere. Just before he ascended up into heaven, 
just a few days maybe, a few weeks after he said that, Luke 19. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you don't have to look at it. I'll tell you, you remember what he said. He said, I'm getting ready to go out. I'm going back to heaven, but I'm going to send the comforter, and here's what he said, the Holy Spirit. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. You can be a witness in Jerusalem. That means plain view. And Judea, Spivish Corner, Town of Dunn, Irwin, Samaria, Benson. No, that's way off down yonder, Benson. <laughs> Johnson County, I'm not sure anybody gets saved in Johnson County. <laughs> Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, listen to this part. The uttermost part of the, of the earth, the world, he included us. <laughs> Did you hear that? You were included. Your neighborhood was included that day when he stood up before he ascended and said that. Don't let your neighbors go to hell. Don't let your loved ones go to hell. Get in church. Get in a Bible study. Grow in the Lord. Get full of the Holy Ghost and tell your story. Because if heaven's real, and it is, we could find out just that fast soon as he's ready to come for us. And if hell is real, and it is, then nothing else really matters. I like this last verse. So remember, after Jesus said, I'm come to seek and to save, now he's saying, I want you to go take me with you. I'll do the seeking. I'll do the saving. You just open your mouth and tell the story. Be witnesses. You know what a witness does, don't you? You ever been a witness in court? Not your job to do anything but tell what you've seen. Tell what you know. Nobody cares about your speculation. Just tell it. Here's my favorite one. Psalm 126, 5 and 6. Listen to this. They that, say it with me if you know it, sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You know what that means? You'll go and you'll weep and you'll sow and you'll reap. If you'll go, when's the last time we shed tears over the lost? We'll do it tonight, 6 o'clock, if you want to pray with us over in that chapel. If you'll go and weep and just sow the seed of the gospel, hope in Jesus and His shed blood, if we'll go and weep and sow, then we'll reap. Someone, while I was gone, this last revival, this community that some of you knew took his life, a young man, graduated with some of our kids. Just lost hope. People around you everywhere. One of the professional young men, I read the obituaries when I got home, have an establishment for service in our community. Son of the, the founder and his father. Gone. Did you read about Miss North Carolina? Her brother, formerly Miss North Carolina, her brother said a few years ago she was crowned Miss North Carolina and then Miss USA. 
three days ago she did an interview with Denzel Washington laughing and he said on the day he wrote it today she jumped off of a 29th floor of a building and took her life let me tell you it's not time for us to accumulate it's not time for us to play games it's not time for us to forget the main thing make the main thing the main thing he that goeth forth and weepeth she that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him let me close with this I I got caught in a, uh, an ice storm in the Midwest this week. I want y'all to pray for me. My faith sometimes is strong as thunder. Next minute, it's wavering like a flag in the wind. When, I, when it starts to snow and I'm off from home, I get nervous about it. I want to get home. I want to get home as soon as possible. And the pastor saw it, I guess, and he saw the storm coming in. And where I was... It was ice a couple inches. Then it was going to come 8 to 12 inches of snow on top of that the very next day. So he said, here's what we'll do. We'll close the meeting out. You'll preach on Tuesday night. And then when you come in Tuesday and do a live mess, a sermon on, on a tape, and we'll play it on, to our streamed audience on Wednesday night. I can do that. I called James Neal, who's like the, the airline whisperer. He can make things happen. <clears throat> Don't you call him though and bother him on that. He's busy doing my mess. He moved me to that next morning, 6 o'clock. We were so glad to get out of there. The ice was already coming, it said. But I just knew they had those de-icing machines and it was going to get us all. But I was, I was trying to be strong for Terry. She never even knew all this was going on in my mind. I'm thinking about it. I'm, so they called the day before. They would cancel that 6 o'clock flight. Put you on the 1144. I told by the 11.44, there'll be 12 inches of snow on top of that ice. You know, I'm, listen how positive I was. My mind was on getting home as soon as I could get home. I, I could just imagine me and Terry trying to spend the night in that airport. Because when it snows like that, forget getting a room anywhere close to most of those cities. Ice. They shut them airports down. It's It's nasty. All this is on my mind. In the meantime, a brother asked me a question. I answered it. He's in the service today, one of our leaders. I said, pray for me, man. I said, it's snowing and ice in here, and I want to get home. His response was, I will. And then he sends me a second text back. This man teaches the Word of God to some of y'all in this church. He said, I'm also going to pray that God will give you a gospel opportunity on your trip home. My first response in my mind was, hey, don't, don't be spiritual with me right now. I need to get home, man. Pray for me. But let me tell you what happened. The Lord shifted me. One text from a friend. One text changed my focus from me, from the storm, to souls. I'm getting ready to walk out of an area and there are three people standing there and they're all three greeting us and they're all concerned about the storm and the trip. 
be careful, they said. I said, we're going to. But I said, you know, the, the one that we trust to take us to heaven one day because of what he sent his son to do on the cross is the one we're trusting to get us home whenever it's time to get us home. All of his eyes are this big. And the Lord said, had you not got that text from that brother, you may not have even thought about a Zacchaeus up a tree. You got friends up trees everywhere. You got kids you go to school with. And you got a story to tell if you're a believer. And if you don't, you can have one this morning. I'm going to give a challenge this morning. I don't do this all the time, but I'm going to give one this morning. I'm going to text several of you this week. And here's what I'm going to say in that text. I'm going to say, I'm praying for you this week that God will give you an opportunity, a gospel opportunity, to tell your story or whatever. I'm going to do that. And I bet you it'll do for you what his text did for me. And then I'm going to give you a challenge. You ready for this? Will you text somebody this week? And will you say, hey, I'm praying for you that you'll have a gospel opportunity this week? It'll change your focus. Then you'll start praying. They're going to be praying, and then you're praying, both of you praying to God, Lord, would you help us go to find somebody this week that we can share you with? God will bring them right into your life. It won't be awkward. It'll be as smooth as butter if we'll do that for each other. Will you take that challenge? Will you send a text? By the way, if, when he sent me that text this week, I tell you what I know about him. He's not a hypocrite. He ain't just sending me a text so I'll be gospel focused. When he sent that text, that made him gospel focused too. I got a burden. He's got a bigger burden than me. We ain't baptizing enough converts. We're not seeing enough folks walk down the aisle and make professions of faith in Jesus. So is heaven really a real place? Is hell real? And if so, and they're true, what else really matters? Let's bow our heads together in prayer. I wonder if there's a boy in this room or a man or a girl a grown woman that there's a big aching question mark in your heart as to whether or not you're saved you may have gone through the motions of something but your life never changed you don't have a love for the word you're not growing you never have shared your story because you're really not sure about it I don't know I just know the Holy Spirit said this is what you're supposed to share this morning and I want to appeal to you right where you sit to call out to God right now. Tell Him your condition. You're lost and you're broken. And you need a Savior. And ask Him to wash your sins away with the blood that He shed on that cross. And He'll do it immediately. If you'll turn from your sin and turn to Him in faith. I wonder if there are men and women in this room that got loved ones and friends that they're burdened for. Better get burdened now. It'll be too late when Jesus comes. Right now's the time. I want you to pray for that person that's on your heart right now. I want you to ask God to give you an opportunity to have a gospel moment with them.
If the burden is so intense in your heart that you want to go one step further, I'm going to invite you to walk down an aisle. Find a place to kneel if you, there's room or stand if not. And bring that person this morning to an altar to say, God, here is and call the name. And I'm asking you to use me or to use someone else or to bring someone I don't even know. But Lord, don't let her, don't let him go to hell. Father, you've spoken. I know you have. You promised you would. Your word is true. Never returns void. So in the name of your son, Jesus, speak to hearts.